Good afternoon, Moneyliners community, on this Friday, January 6, 2023. This is Chris Nickel, founder and CEO of Moneyliners.com, coming to you for our podcast to head into this weekend with week 17 of NFL action, deciding the last few seeds of the playoffs and the exciting Monday night national championship game between the Georgia Bulldogs and the TCU Horned Frogs. The topic of the week, of course, has been the accident and injury to DeMar Hamlin, Buffalo Bills safety that occurred on Monday night football between the Bengals and the Bills. A lot has happened this week. DeMar seems to be recovering miraculously well. He has regained consciousness. He appears to not have any neurological damage. That in and of itself is a complete miracle, and we just praise God for watching over DeMar and helping him get through this. Clearly, DeMar is a fighter. I thought the other day when he's when his first words were, did we win the game? That was the first thing that DeMar was thinking about when he regained consciousness. That right there told me that DeMar is the ultra competitor as he cheated death. And the first thing he thinks about is his team's outcome against the Bengals. You know, I was thinking about DeMar going through that process of near death that many people talk about that have been recovered like, like DeMar was. And I, I just envisioned DeMar sitting back, reading the eyes of the Grim Reaper at quarterback and picking off his pass and taking it to the house for a pick six. That's what DeMar did coming up out of this uh, traumatic injury that he suffered and this cardiac arrest. So congratulations, DeMar. We have all been pulling for you. We have all been praying for you. And that was the most important thing that happened on Monday Night Football for our entire world. I want to shift our attention now to the playoff picture and the recent decision by Commissioner Roger Goodell to cancel the Buffalo Bills-Cincinnati Bengals game completely. First of all, let me say to you, that this is not going to make DeMar Hamlin very happy. Certainly, he would want to see that game played so that his Buffalo Bills would deservingly have a shot to keep their current number one seed in the AFC playoffs. Goodell's decision to cancel the game further punishes the Buffalo Bills and Cincinnati Bengals adding salt to their wounds of what they had to experience on the field with DeMar's accident. It is amazing to me that a commissioner making $63.9 million a year would make such a ridiculous decision to punish the Bills and the Bengals. This was inexcusable and uncalled for. There were many solutions Let me just offer a couple. Number one, the Bengals were winning 7-3. Declare that the end of the game, similar to what they do in baseball, Bengals win. I don't think that would have been any less unfair to the Bills than it is not having the game at all. Or the second thing is to simply push it a week and have the Bengals and Bills play in a primetime game for, quote, week 18, end quote, next weekend, 
what incredible buildup you could have for that game. You could have had it called the DeMar Hamlin tribute game. You could have given both Bengals fans and Bills fans DeMar t-shirts or jerseys or done a blue out. You could have done a lot of things to make that game significant and special to honor DeMar Hamlin. Then the other teams in the playoffs would have been excited and happy about this decision because they would have had an extra week to rest their players. You would have just simply moved the playoffs one week and reduced the time between the playoffs and the Super Bowl from two weeks to one. I have always, for my entire life as an adult, since I began to understand sports, wondered why there was a two-week layoff before the Super Bowl. Clearly, I learned later in life that that was to hype the Super Bowl up and to cha-ching on the marketing campaigns for the Super Bowl. I get it. You're a marketing money machine. You're the NFL. However, it's one year. It's one time. It's one exception. But instead, you canceled the game completely and handed, all but handed, the number one seed in the AFC to the Kansas City Chiefs. All of the language that Goodell put out yesterday was about, well, it doesn't impact who made the playoffs. And we're going to do the AFC Championship game at a neutral site to make it more fair. And this is the most equitable thing we can do for all of the teams involved. Baloney. You forgot one very important piece. Maybe the most important piece. The number one seed gets a bye. So if things play out, Kansas City gets the bye because of their winning percentage being 813 and the Bills being 800. Even though the Bills beat the Chiefs and the Bengals beat the Chiefs. You're forgetting about the bye. So don't sugarcoat things because, well, we'll just do a neutral field AFC playoff championship or, well, it didn't impact who got in the playoffs. You make $63.9 million a year and you don't see the error of this decision. I can promise you that the Bengals and the Bills want to play this game. Because they have worked too hard all season not to have a shot to take the number one seed in the AFC. Instead, you gave it to the NFL's poster boy, Patrick Mahomes. Goody two-shoes in Kansas City, Andy Reid's buddy. They just by default get the number one seed? This is a bad call. What I also find astonishing is that Goodell is taking this to a vote with the NFL owners. Those are the folks that employ Roger Goodell and pay his salary. I can assure you that every NFL owner, if they were a the Bills owner or the Bengals owner, would vote against this. But because it does not impact their team at all, they're probably going to support Roger Goodell's decision. So with that being said, I want to lay this out there. How about the Bills and the Bengals tell the NFL, we're not playing? They did on Monday night. They refused to go back on the field after a five-minute warm-up 
and went to the locker rooms and said, we're not going on the field. This is disrespectful and not not in good, humane behavior watching DeMar struggle and being taken away by the ambulance. How about McDermott and Taylor get their heads back together and say, we want to play this game. We'll play it Monday. We'll play it Wednesday. We'll play it next week. Whatever we have to do, we want to compete in this game. Bruised and battered from our matchup against the Patriots and the Ravens, we'll still play. Just give us maybe 24 hours, maybe 48 hours. Every one of those players would agree to play on 24 or 48 hours notice. I can assure you of that. They want a chance to have the number one seed and their home field advantage that they've worked hard to earn. This wasn't about DeMar Hamlin, so don't say it was, Roger Goodell. DeMar is doing well. He's recovering. He's conscious. He has no neurological damage. This is, again, the miracle we've all been waiting for. So you can't say this is to honor him because, in fact, this is disrespectful to him and his team. This was all about the money, the greed of the NFL machine. And if it were not, then you are more incompetent and lack more common sense than I originally expected you to. This is an illogical and ignorant decision. And I hope that someone says, we're not following suit. We have given Roger Goodell too much power. We have allowed him to be the god of the NFL. When the league belongs to the players and the coaches and the organizations, not to Roger Goodell. I never in a million years thought that this would be the decision of the NFL to completely cancel this game. I am shocked, frankly. And I guarantee you, neither did the Bills and Bengals think that this would be the outcome. You have robbed the entire season for the Bills and the Bengals on top of what they had to experience that no other team and no other teammate had to experience on Monday night. Shame on you. Shame on you. If the owners approve this call and if the Bills and Bengals organizations can't do much about it, how about the fans boycott the NFL in honor of number three? How about the fans say, we're not going to attend the playoffs unless they are seated correctly by competition and the Bengals and Bills get to play their game next week? Because that would be something that Roger Goodell cannot overcome. You cannot acquiesce to this man. You have got to stand up and do the right thing for the Bengals and the Bills. I would like to now turn our attention over to college basketball at the University of Texas, where the Texas Longhorns have chosen to fire, to terminate head coach Chris Beard. After the domestic violence issue a few weeks ago with fiance Randy True, the university has released Chris Beard of his duties. Attorney for Chris Beard, Perry Minton, asked, 
quote, what has Coach Beard done to be terminated, end quote. VP of Legal Affairs for the University of Texas, James Davis, replied, quote, engaged in unacceptable behavior that makes him unfit to serve as head coach, end quote. Let's talk about the issue here. The issue is classic domestic violence. And it does not matter whether Chris Beard choked his fiance or didn't choke her. She called 911 to say that she was under attack by her fiance, Chris Beard. She then filed a police report that stated he had choked her. And then she showed them the bruises and cuts and bite marks suffered by apparently Chris Beard. Several days later, she began to backtrack and recant her story. Why? Because he either did or he didn't. If he didn't, then she needs to be arrested for a false police report and abusing the 911 emergency call system. If he did, then he needs to be prosecuted for assault. It either happened or it didn't. However, regardless of whether it did or didn't happen, regardless of whether Chris Beard choked Randy True or not, his behavior is unacceptable and he is unfit to serve as head coach of the Texas Longhorns. His attorney is making it worse for him. His attorney is making Chris Beard look worse than if he would just let this thing ease up Stop saying that the University of Texas is incompetent, that they've wrongly uh, uh, treated Chris Beard, that they have violated the terms of the agreement. How about we hear from Chris Beard? How about we put him in front of the cameras and microphone and see what his side of the story is? He already admitted that he recorded the altercation. He already admitted that he was acting in self-defense which then and of itself is already indicating that he physically touched or struck or pulled or something to his fiance Randy True. There is no place for that, ever, period. Recently, a gentleman by the name of Dana White made the headlines as he was caught on video slapping his wife at a New Year's Eve party. The CEO of the UFC slapping his wife of 30 years. Imagine that. He's also the founder of the new Slap League approved to compete by the state of Nevada. That's ironic. Maybe they were doing a promo for the new Slap League. Either way, both Chris Beard and Dana White are wrong. But they handled it in two very different ways that I think is paramount to this debate and discussion. Chris Beard is in denial. Chris Beard is using his attorney to make excuses for his behavior and point the fingers at other people, such as the University of Texas, as being in the wrong. Dana White, on the other hand, has taken full responsibility for his behavior and is embarrassed and calls it inexcusable and states that it's never happened before, that they both were heavily intoxicated on New Year's Eve. She slapped him. 
He reacted and slapped her back. She has forgiven him. She has stated this is way out of character for Dana White. His kids have supported him. And this appears to be a one-time incident where both are ready to put it behind him and move forward. That is a big difference. Doesn't make it right. Doesn't mean that Dana Wright's innocent and Chris Beard is guilty of domestic violence or abuse. It just was handled differently in their reactions. Dana White's wife did not call 911. She did not file a police report. She did not show bruises, cuts, marks on her from Dana. It was a slap and a slap caught on camera. And they just had to come clean and say, you know, sorry this happened. Inexcusable. Unacceptable. I take full responsibility. I apologize to my family, to my wife, to the UFC, to the sports nation, to everyone that had to experience that lack of judgment. Never has happened before. Never will happen again. That is not Chris Beard's reaction. And I hate to say it, but a single slap in reaction to someone slapping you is a little different than biting, scratching, and choking. Two very different things. Now, with that being said, I do believe that the right thing for Dana White to do would be to step down as CEO of the UFC. I know he's been in that role for a very long time, and I know that he is credited for founding the UFC. But he has investors that have backed the UFC. One of them is Robert Kraft, owner of the New England Patriots. They would have the authority and power to force Dana White to step down or resign or sell his equity in the UFC if they so choose. That is to be determined what the final outcome of that will be. But Chris Beard is no longer the coach of the Texas Longhorns, nor should he be. I think what happened was Randy True watched dollar bills flying out the window, millions of them. And their lifestyle that they had built in Austin together as fiancés was going to be over immediately. So, just like many victims of domestic violence do, they backtrack and recant their story. Usually because they feel guilty. Usually because there's something greater at stake, in this case money. Or maybe they've been threatened again with further harm or greater harm. So they have to recant and try to protect themselves or protect the person that did the abuse that they actually love very much. I know this because I've seen it firsthand. I know it because I've watched it happen more than once. We know it as a society because the psychological process and cycle of this is evident, researched, and factual. It is very sad that this woman, Randy True, is in this position. Shame on you, Chris Beard. Shame on you, Perry Mitten, his attorney representing him and pointing the fingers at the University of Texas. Now, the Austin Police Department will get to the bottom of this and they will decide whether Chris Beard is going to be formally charged and then put on trial or not. 
But regardless of that outcome, the University of Texas has chosen to certainly go into a legal battle with Chris Beard and his attorney, Perry Mitten, in order to protect his players and demonstrate that this kind of behavior is unacceptable and unbecoming of a man, young man or older man. And that was the right decision by the athletic department and university. I commend them for that. They are saying to Perry Mitten and Chris Beard, bring it on. We feel very confident that we had every right to terminate your employment. And had we not and put you back on the sidelines, we would face full discredibility as a athletic team and program at Texas. The last thing we're going to talk about on our podcast is the upcoming national championship football game on Monday night between the Georgia Bulldogs and the TCU Horned Frogs. Now, on Moneyliners.com, we are very proud that we picked both underdogs to cover, TCU and Ohio State. Yes, we predicted that Ohio State would pull a stunning upset, and they were very, very close. One missed field goal, but a lot of, a lot of other opportunities in that game as well for them to come out as the, vict- as the victors in that game. But Georgia, I give them credit. They showed resilience. They scored 18 points in the fourth quarter. Ohio State scored three, and the Georgia Bulldogs advanced. I can tell you that in that game, it was not the kicker's fault. Noah Ruggles has been a solid kicker his entire career at Ohio State. You put a 19-year-old kid in the position to kick a game-winning field goal of 50 yards to send your team to the national championship. And he snapped, hooked it many times like I've done off the tee box with my driver. Looked very similar, my golf ball and his football. That's a lot of pressure. He should have never been in that position. When you have a 14-point lead going into the fourth quarter in the semifinal of a national championship game and you get outscored 18-3, to your defense blew that game. C.J. Stroud played the game of his life. We predicted on our college football playoff podcast, we predicted that C.J. Stroud would throw for 350 yards and four touchdowns. His final stat line, 348 yards, four touchdowns. He could not have done any more than he did to get the Buckeyes to the national championship game. He ran for the first time in his career, and that's really what extended many drives and gave the Buckeyes a chance. What turned that game around, in my opinion, were two things. Number one, they got absolutely no pressure on Stetson Bennett. None. Zero. That was issue number one. And then issue number two was the loss of Marvin Harrison Jr. on the cheap blow of targeting that put him in concussion protocol. You took the best player off the field. In addition to that, you took your starting solid tight end and Cade Stover off the field by hip injury. That was a big piece of the Ohio State offensive plan. CJ still continued to do all he could, but they just fell short. They played a great game. As a Buckeye fan, I was proud of their effort. I was not angry. 
I was not embarrassed or disappointed. I was proud of the Buckeye team fighting when no one gave them a chance. No one thought they had a chance to beat Georgia. And they really played the better game and should have won the game. So what happened after that game? I immediately became a TCU Horn Frogs and Max Duggan fan. I am all for Red Rifle Volume 2 out of TCU. No, that's not Andy Dalton running down the field. That's Max Duggan. They started out as a two-touchdown underdog. I think the line is down to about 12 and a half. I think that's still too much respect for Georgia. I again will predict that TCU keeps this game close. And it would not surprise me at all if Sonny Dykes and the TCU Horn Frogs upset Georgia and become national champions. Now, if you want to take a little plus 370 or plus 400, I'm in at plus 400. I got in right when the line came out and hit 400. I locked it in for the upset. Now it's down to, I think, 370, maybe a little less. It's still a good bet. Three and a half to one or four to one for TCU to pull that upset when they just annihilated Michigan. Pretty good bet. TCU is real. I know it's hard to understand that or imagine that, but they just embarrassed Michigan. Michigan never had a chance in that game. They never led. It was never even close. TCU jumped out early and just kept their foot cruising on the pedal all the way to the end. It'll be a great game Monday night. Sonny Dykes and Kirby Smart go way back with Will Muskamp at the old Valdosta State days. Some of the stories that they shared earlier this week with ESPN about painting white white lines on the fields and putting their own desks together in an attic and delivering pizzas on the quad for a buck a slice or $10 for eight slices. I'm not sure why students were buying eight slices for 10 instead of one slice for one, but whatever. They ran that little scheme down there uh, and got some money. That's how they were end up. That's how they ended up paying themselves enough money to get by. I know that they said that Kirby's first job was eight grand. He made eight thousand uh, dollars. That was all the money that they had left to get another coach, and it was Kirby Smart. So that was some good moments that those guys shared, and now they're going to go head to head many years later at Georgia and TCU. It'll be an exciting game. I know that most people without a dog in the fight are going to be pulling for the Horn Frogs. This is Chris Nickel at Moneyliners.com's podcast where we are killing it this week in NCAA basketball. Overall, our weekly recap is 14-7 and with a 66% win percentage. Following up last week's strong performance, you need to get in, moneyliners.com, where if we don't hit 54% or greater, your subscription fee is fully refunded. Still to date, since 2019 when we launched moneyliners.com, we have never refunded a single subscription because we have always achieved 30-day win rates and annual win rates above 54%. If you look at our historical records, the overall is 61 plus. The highest category is college football at 63. And every other category sits above 61%. Check it out, moneyliners.com. 
one full month of all your picks is only $19.95. Annually, $199, every pick, every day. And again, money back guarantee. A real money back guarantee, not the next pick is free. We simply give you your money back. This is Chris Nickel on Friday, January 6, 2023. Make it a great weekend and go Horn Frogs.